We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Good evening, everybody. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow coming to you on a Sunday night. This is Mavs Moneyball After Dark. And I regret to inform you the Mavs will, uh, their five-game winning streak comes to a halt as they fall to the Kings 110-106. to Josh, I will uh, let you fire off with your very good and important take that I think we all need to hear. Uh, I think trying to overreact to this to- type of loss, I think, is pretty silly even though i understand why people might be disappointed with some of the some of the effort and some of the execution obviously you don't want to lose to the kings at home but considering this was the mavericks fourth game in six nights it was uh their fifth game in eight nights and when you consider Kristaps porzingis i believe you know he played in the last two back-to-backs when you big deal that's a big deal long term right and you didn't even think that you were going to get him on any back-to-backs this season uh and you consider that the kings have are somewhat normal rested and the mavericks have been on an almost historic tear with their offense and clubbing teams to death by 30 plus points like it's the nba man like there's a lot of good players in this league this is what happens sometimes you get your your ass kicked a little bit and even then they still only lost by four points uh so i i just there's not a lot for me to be angry about because this is just the most definition of a schedule loss possible. Like the only way it could have been more is if this game would have been in Sacramento. But so it's just, it's just not a game that I can get too fired up about in terms of trying to ask bigger questions from this game. Like what's wrong with the Mavericks or, you know, what, you know, what's going on, you know, I don't think anything's going on. I think they're just, they're a tired team that's been playing 
elite basketball for like three weeks, it feels like. And, and this is what happens over the course of an 82 game schedule. Well, yeah, before we pivot to some of the, the, I do want to nitpick though. And I want yeah, to nitpick course, in the course. last half of the podcast because I, you know, uh, the good thing, the big overarching takeaway was the fact that the Mavericks could have absolutely mailed it in when they were down 21 in the third quarter and they didn't. And I think that matters. I think, you know, they're probably more frustrated than, than we are because this is, you know, gutting it out and, and working your way back into a game that felt like, you know, could have, could have gone, you know, a 30, 40 point loss with how they were playing, working all the way back in only to lose is, is probably pretty maddening, but that they managed to make it happen. I think is super interesting. I enjoyed the fourth quarter as the bench and the starting unit finally kind of got it together. Um, and really, you know, basically froze the Kings out. It was, it was pretty uncomfortable. I do think, you know, the, the Tim Hardaway Jr. thing is a riot to me. Uh, I don't know what to make of it. Anytime anybody goes 9 of 12 from distance, and some of his shots were awful, but they just went in. And, you know, you'll take it every time. And that sort of thing is 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 really fun to watch. Um, a really interesting Chris Stapps Porzingis game. You know, he played 37 minutes, which has to be the highest minutes total for him. Uh, you know, and if not this season, you know, then in a really long time, which is something I think is interesting. Um, the JJ Barea thing is just checking the minutes. Yep. He has played 36 before, never 37. Uh, the JJ Barea thing is mixed for me. Um, you know, Brunson for some reason just didn't see the floor again. Uh, I don't understand why he was a negative nine in four minutes. I think maybe that's a little bit part of it with Carlisle, but, I, you know, and, and Bray is simply not a guy who can play this often um, or this much. So he, he did what he was a plus 14. The Mavericks obviously really used him well on the floor. He was important. Um, I don't think that's something that's really sustainable with the lawn ride out. They're going to need Brunson to, to step his game up again. So we'd be interested to see what happens there. Um, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith is just a, a, a box, a box score filler. He had a really fascinating game where he scored 13 points, he hit 3 of 7 from deep, he was awesome on the re- on the boards and was really a key part of why they were in that game down the stretch and he also had some simply unbelievably bad turnovers. <laughs> and that was just a really weird thing to see from him. Uh what any anything that really stood out to you is like a is like a really great good thing, you know, from the game? Uh, I want to go back to Przingis and in that fourth quarter, especially, uh, what did you think of that offensive rebound he grabbed that basically kept the game oh my alive? God, when that he might... jumps up in the sky, it's like one, I'm terrified because yeah. I'm terrified. He's just going to hit the ground and, 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 and collapse. But obviously, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a really stark reminder of how athletic he is. And we just haven't gotten to see that a ton, uh, yet this season. Yeah, exactly. And it was just great to see that even though he's experiencing, I can only imagine how frustrated he is with his offense and his shot coming and going and, and not really being as consistent as he would obviously like to be. Mm -hmm. I'm just super impressed that he still somehow manages to find a way to stay engaged throughout the course of a game. Uh, Obviously there are some blips as it would be natural for a player who's struggling to maybe lose focus on the defensive end or on the rebounds or, or on other facets of your game. But 
I have to give him a lot of credit for the fact that he's still a really good rim protector and he did a good job in the fourth quarter in that comeback because the Mavericks can't play a zone without him being able to guard the rim and not only guard the rim but rebound because it's hard to rebound in a zone. So he was he kind of had to do double duty there. He wasn't necessarily having any help from teammates boxing out because when you know you're playing a zone, it's hard to find find a guy to box out with uh you know to help on the boards. So that was just it was just awesome to see and he's been pretty consistently doing it all season even if the results haven't been there in terms of what the Mavericks you know net rating is when he's on the floor it it never has felt like this season that he's ever looked like he's not giving a crap like he just seems like he is locked in even if he's missing shots or even if he's taking bad shots he will you know guard the rim as hard as he can and he seems to try to rebound as hard as he can of course there's going to be some lapses but like i'm just i'm just impressed with the fact that he can he can persevere through a tough shooting night and find a way to impact the game and then in the end you know he made six, he was 6 to 12 from the floor he had some good moments in the second half doing some of the things you've been asking and kind of pleading uh, for the Mavericks to do, you know, getting him involved uh, as a role man, you know, getting him involved that on dive the in yeah. front of the hoop where where uh, I think Luca passed to Berea on the wing, who then passed it to uh, KP as he dove to the basket and basically sealed his man, which if you've ever had that happen to you when you play basketball, like if you're the guy who just doesn't see the cutter coming in front of you. It is so demoralizing. And the fact that he <laughs> yeah. just dunked it that hard, I mean, that was like a, it was just an outstanding moment. And, you know, he, he, in a game where the Mavericks were down by, it felt like it, it had to be 21 or more points at a certain point. The fact that he finished with a plus 11 is really interesting. Um, I would, you know, I know single game plus minus isn't really that important, but that means that certain units with Dallas just got crushed. Um, at points tonight that you know and that that's that's something that might be worth looking into long term um what about okay so because i know it's you know it's it's a sunday night people have multiple podcasts they can listen to from us what are what you know if there's what are the things that that really kind of frustrated you about that game if we could really nitpick for a second uh let's see if I, we could really nitpick uh i, I don't know if there was a, a certain aspect because the defense was bad especially mm-hmm. you know up until the fourth quarter when the kings just kind of decided to they saw a zone and, and acted like they'd never seen a zone before and stopped running offense, which was really nice to see them just kind of lazily pass the ball around the three-point line because uh, the Mavs was really kind of confusing there. But, you know, up until that point, you know, they're, they're, they were it was just bad entire defense. It looked like a team that was a little worn out. Uh, the Kings did a good job forcing the Mavericks to kind of chase them a little bit. Something that we talked about in the Slack that uh, is not just a nitpick to this game, but all season is the transition defense. Uh, that wasn't good again tonight. And really, if I'm being honest, it, it feels like it hasn't been that great all season. I don't have the data in terms of like, hey, how many points per possession did the Mavericks give up in transition? I have no, you know, I have no idea if the the actual numbers are as bad as what I'm I'm seeing. But it feels like every other time up and down the floor, I've written about this. I might have talked about this before, but it feels like almost every other time up and down the floor. The, the Mavs have a mismatch on defense in terms of there's a big kind of sealing a, a guard or a wing on the block and getting a layup or getting mm-hmm. fouled or there's like Maxi or Dwight is on uh, a perimeter player in the pick and roll and things get really muddled or confused. And this even happens on, on makes, which is even more uh, puzzling and it didn't look great again tonight. And the Mavericks couldn't find uh, Oh my God. I can't even say his name. What is it? Belicia, Belicia. Uh, I'm not even going to try. I he know, was that, awesome. That's my total white 
whiteness coming out trying to pronounce his name. But yeah, he was great making his shots, but the Mavericks really didn't have, seem like they could find him. Bielitsa. That's Bielitsa. it. There you go. No? I don't know. Yeah, that's right. I'm... I think it's Bielitsa. <laughs> it doesn't look Who like cares? Bielitsa. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, I think the most backbreaking shot was that one Bielitsa made uh, as a shot clock was running down. I think there was like one second on the shot clock. It was in the third quarter, I think. Yes. And uh, the, the Kings didn't really. I. I, I, I I got to replay it to see if the Kings got him off a screen or something, but he, it looked like he just kind of ran to the ball and was open and shot. Yeah, it. They were in his zone and Luca didn't move. And yeah. it was, it was bad. Yeah. And I don't know why you, you know, obviously the zone helped all night, but uh, out of bounds playing the zone against NBA players on an out of bounds play. seems like you're kind of playing with fire there. Uh, that's just a lot of space that you can't necessarily cover. Um, but otherwise, you know, like I don't have a ton of, of nitpicky things i guess this is what the mavs look like when the bench comes comes down to earth no one only one three-pointer made uh from the bench players um the mavericks still somehow shot 38 percent from from three which is basically tim hardaway jr shot shot them into that number everyone else kind of had a pretty mess shooting night uh so I, I something i was watching i know we're i'm we're starting to go along on a sunday night but i just wanted to say like watching this game it was kind of like this is what the Mavs can look like when, you know, Luca isn't necessarily engaged in God mode for four full quarters. And, and you can start to see the creaks and the cracks of the roster that, that it can be tough for them to overcome when Luca's not playing like an MVP because, you know, these guys are role players and they're trying to maybe play up a, a position on the roster. And they've been doing a hell of a job so far. And tonight was just kind of a night where it caught up to them and, and they were tired. And yeah, it happens. Well, I've got a pair of takes for you. The first okay. take is that the is that the 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 refing in that game was not good. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks shot eight free throws, and I feel like the Mavericks are second in the league in terms of teams that take uh, three point sh- or I'm sorry that take free throws. And I feel like it's like on average, I'm I'm looking it up right now. Um, I feel like it's it's on average in the 20s. So their free throw attempts, uh, they're fourth in the league at 26.1 attempts. So to only shoot eight free throws with the amount of drives that the team did is garbage. That also plays directly into my next point. Um, Luca's got to quit with some of this crap. Uh, he was, <laughs> if you want to look for a player to hang aspects of that loss on, it's Luca Because that first technical that he picked up in the fourth quarter was I understand why he was mad. Buddy Heald clearly slapped him across the arm. The ref couldn't see it with the way that Heald was defending him. And so he gave up, you know, he got, uh, he didn't go back on defense and the ref called it after the play was over. That was when things really started to go bad. Then in the third quarter, he gave up, there was that uh, that two-point shot you just mentioned at the end of the, the shot clock. And then he gave up a corner three because he's busy yelling over Rick Carlisle for something to challenge something or other. And, you know, play the game, my, my guy, uh, it, that was, it, it's, it's starting to get a little silly how much he talks to the refs. He gets superstar treatment. Now he didn't get it tonight, but I kind of think that the ref might've called that elbow foul, which it was a foul that wasn't called on Luca on the last shot. Had he not done that sort of thing, the whole game, uh, the refs have got to be better. Yes. But Luca's got to stop with the constant chattering at them. Carlisle needs to he needs to step that portion of it up if it's that bad. And I know part of that's that's Luca's competitiveness. And you take the good with the bad. Obviously, you take the good with the bad. 
but you know he got crushed on a few times on defense tonight and with the you know the chattering and the not getting back i wonder how much the not you know the the transition defense is because the mavs are scrambling because he's busy talking to the refs um it's a minor thing it's really you know it's just something that he's gonna have to watch out for because when you get that reputation as a player as a guy who won't stop then maybe you're not going to get the calls that you want in key moments. And I really felt like that was part of it tonight. Um, the other thing tonight, and this is a minor, minor thing. We've been talking this long, so a little bit more. I uh, I need the Mavericks to stop using Berea and, and Luca together if Luca's not going to see the ball. Um, there was a common foul when the Kings were up six where Berea is just dribbling for no reason and then loses the ball. He probably got fouled. But Luca's there calling for it. Um, that's not the time for Bray to hold the ball. Obviously, Bray is a big deal, but there in the it, it happened in the I think it was the second quarter too, where they brought Luca back, and there's just three possessions in a row where he stood in the corner, and I thought we were in 2018-19 all over again. Again, those two things are minor. We got you know it, it's it feels like a gripe. I hope you know I hope the the our our delightful listeners don't kill me too much for these sorts of things. But you know we've already talked this long, so I figured we'd sneak it in. Any do you got anything else before we get out of here? Yeah, I wanted to. I was just thinking about you know your takes on Berea and you know the Berea Brunson thing. Uh, I wonder if when you the Mavs were down twenty and they basically had no margin for error, I wonder if this was just Rick going like, I trust Berea to make less bad plays than Brunson right now. Who obviously you know he has poise, but he is a second year guy, and, and young players still make some of those little mistakes that we don't always catch uh, that coaches just detest. And I almost wonder if it was Rick just being like, I trust Berea to not have a catastrophic play, whereas Brunson might have a higher ceiling. You know, you just kind of think he just he had more faith in Berea when you're down that much and you basically have to pitch a perfect game. I wonder if that's kind of the thinking that went into it. Uh, But otherwise, yeah, you know, it's for me, I just can't get, you know, I can't get too fired up about this. It, it just happens. Uh, for me, it'll be the, the the big indicator will be the next game. Like, let's see how they react to this. It's the first time they've been punched in the mouth really since that Clippers game. So let's just see what it looks like, uh, how they respond and see if they can uh, come back out and, and start another streak. Yeah, it'll be a big, uh, big gap for rest. There are uh, three days without games. The Mavs don't play again until Thursday. Uh, we'll probably come to you after that game, but hopefully Josh or me or we'll talk to somebody else and get a podcast up maybe tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, something just to, to hold you over. We appreciate the support. You know, as usual, subscribe, tell your friends, do all that good stuff. We enjoy doing these. Uh, and this has been Josh Bow and Kirk Henderson with Mavs Moneyball After Dark. We will talk to you this week. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, 
Just go to cars.com. It's magical. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.